Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, the Low Key Geek Podcast is back with a brand new name. Spider-Man No Way Home trailer blows up the internet. There are people out there who've watched Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I'm extremely jealous, and why you should never buy any Bob Ross product moving forward. Just some of the things we'll be talking about in this week's episode, so let's go! What's going on, guys? It's great to be back doing this podcast again. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with the channel already, you know I was doing the Loki Geek podcast uh, for a good amount of time, uh, probably since last year. Uh, took a little break. I uh, wanted to kind of reconfigure some stuff and restructure some things on the back end. Now I decided to come back. And now this is the brand new Talking Talk Pod Showcast. Um, so hopefully you guys will still be entertained and tune in. Um, as always, the whole spiel, if you like what you see, the easiest way to show your appreciation and to uh, provide some feedback is, you know, leave some comments in the comment section, hit that like button. All that is for free. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet to the channel and you're new, welcome. Uh, again, you like what you see, hit that subscribe button. For the audio listeners, this will be available wherever podcasts can be heard. Um, make sure to give a good rating and follow um, what, through whatever platform you decide to listen in on. Again, these are like the best ways to let these platforms know that you like what you hear and maybe you want to hear more of this stuff and it will definitely help out a bunch. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's great to be finally back doing this and I will be sure to make this a weekly thing. Uh, that is the current plan right now. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about some stuff. Um, so, Spider-Man No Way Home um, blew up the internet when it came out last week. Uh, it was released Monday night. Um, tons of speculation about when we were ever going to see this trailer. We haven't seen the trailer in a very long time. Um, we haven't seen footage. We were teased somewhere, like I want to say like maybe in March or something like that, that you know we were told the name of the movie. Um, but we haven't seen any footage. Um, there's been so many rumors back and forth about who's going to be in it. Um, we all know that um, they are definitely exploring the multiverse here. Um, as you have seen with all the events that's been happening on the Marvel TV shows and Disney Plus, like WandaVision and Loki, um, you know, so, you know, for the longest time, you know, we were wondering when are we going to finally see a trailer? You know, the movie's coming out in December and it's not that far off. And usually we get some sort of teaser footage months, like way months in advance. So we finally got it and it totally blew up the internet. I mean, it is insane the amount of views that this trailer got, really. Um, I believe it beat the record, uh, from what I can see, it beat the record for all-time views in a 24-hour period, uh, which was previously held, I believe, by Avengers Endgame. Um, I'm going to pull up some numbers for you to see right here. It was an interesting post uh, I found on Twitter. Um, that helps break things down. Um, so you could see like Avengers Endgame uh, within a 24-hour period, it had 289 million views. Um, so Spider-Man No Way Home completely annihilated that record with 355 million views within a 24-hour period. And, you know, the one thing I would have to say is it is very interesting to, to know that they keep these type of metrics and they track these kinds of things. Um, I don't know who the officiating body is that keeps these records or how they really measure these views. Because if you look at the Sony uh, YouTube channel 
and you look at the amount of views on this particular trailer it's around 50 million right if you go to the marvel channel it's like around i want to say 20 to 30 million or or what have you i'll have some graphics on the screen to show you what the latest screen caps look like um so are they counting that in com combination with the twitter views and you know facebook views instagram views are they counting when it's you know uh uploaded by other you know um channels like ign or fandango or whatever um it, it's it's it'll be interesting to find out how they actually measure all this stuff but you know you have already tons of people uh with their speculations and i guarantee you probably 50 percent of these views are coming from people who have rewatched it over and over again to see if they saw i don't know the leg of lizard or um you know there was a lot of rumors going around that the uh, one of the arms that you see in the trailer is charlie cox's arm you know say oh look there's daredevil he's in it um you know like we'll, we'll i'll cover like some of the the crazy rumors that has been uh, or speculations that's been going on this week but i i want someone out there I can't do it myself because I just don't have the patience for it. But if someone out there can please find out metrics of the amount of times a singular person rewatched the same trailer over and over again, and then I want to tie that back to if this same person is spreading all around all these speculations and rumors. It'll be really interesting to see what that metric is um, because, you know, like I, I'm. I was one of those guys who loves speculating, especially when WandaVision came out. Um, it's fun, you know, and I, I do it just, you know, for laughs and, you know, for shits and giggles. Um, but if something doesn't come through, you know, I don't get all burnt out of shape about it. Uh, I might have some criticism here and there, but uh, I know there's a lot of people out there who are speculating left and right. And... I, I know that the minute the movie comes out and none of these things come true, they're going to be completely upset and say like, oh, Sony and Marvel, you messed up. Why didn't you like listen to me? And why didn't you like follow my dreams and hopes and aspirations for this movie? You know, because it would have made it a better movie. Look, I trust they know what they're doing. You know, they haven't really steered us wrong yet. Um, but it's fun to see that the hype for this movie is so strong as it is um you know spider-man is probably globally the most well-known superhero out there so again no surprise to me that there's so many people who are really passionate about this movie and about this character so uh i'm looking forward to it but yeah when it comes to speculations and rumors um people were saying like you know, they saw like a glimpse of sand. So the Sandman is there, you know, or, um, you know, they had some lightning. So, of course, we the rumor is Electro is going to be in this movie. I mean, the one thing we know for sure is Alfred Molina is in this movie. And when Doc Ock showed up at the end of the trailer, that was phenomenal. That was so exciting. And my heart jumped and I was just like, yes, this is actually happening. This is going to be great. You know, and then there's speculation that maybe he's not talking to um, Tom Holland. Maybe he's talking to, you know, the other Spider-Mans, you know, whether it's Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or who knows, you know, there are speculations that certain scenes look kind of barren and maybe they kind of CG'd out some additional characters to kind of keep the mystique going. You know, Marvel has been known to do that in their trailers where they kind of manipulate it so that it has us thinking one thing. And then when we finally see the movie, it's completely something different. Um, you know, and then the, the craziest thing that I saw on Twitter this week was someone had a close up screen grab of uh, a reflection in the window of what Tom Holland was looking at. And it you saw like. And I don't know if this is legit or not. I didn't spend the time to look at it myself because I just don't want to. But there was an outline of a figure and everyone speculating, that's proof, that's the lizard. Or someone else was like, no, 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 that's Venom. There's going to be a Venom crossover because, you know, we got the new Venom 2 movie coming out this year too. And they're going to like cross things up and all that. Um, just watch the movie, guys. Come on. 
Let's just all be in it together. Let's just watch the movie. Again, it is fun to speculate. And if they can, if they do pull it off where you have all the movie universes tying in together, where you, whether it's the Tobey Maguire universe or um, the Andrew Garfield universe, you know, or we get bits and pieces of that. As we deal with the multiverse, I think it will be a lot of fun. It's going to be a fun movie, I think. You know, I don't think any of us will be really disappointed about it. Um, I have a gripe, though. I do have one gripe. And it feels to me, and this is just my own opinion, okay? Um, I feel like they're copping out a little bit with the storyline. And I feel like they're cheapening um, what has already been established in WandaVision, what they've already established in Loki. Um, but in Spider-Man, it appears that the whole multiverse opening or whatever explosion or initiation, however you want to call it, is caused because Peter Parker goes to Doctor Strange and he asked him... If there is a way, he can just let everyone in the world forget that he's Spider-Man. And Doctor Strange was like, sure, let's do that. And he does a spell and Peter's going on and on and on. Again, this is all in the trailer. And something happens. Something breaks. The spell gets messed up. And then that's how the multiverse opens up. Now, maybe when you watch the movie, it will play out very differently. But I feel like that is cheap. Like, that for me kind of lessens the kind of blow that we've already experienced watching WandaVision and Loki. You know, maybe the events of Loki happened along the same time as the events in No Way Home. You know, and then maybe that's why that by whatever Strange was doing and whatever Loki accomplished at the end of that of season one kind of butted heads and caused even more of a rift. I don't know. But personally... I think it would have been neat. Again, if this is not the case, then I'll be okay with it. I'll just watch what they give us. It would have been cool if, you know, yes, Peter Parker is kind of in hiding and he's kind of suffering with the blowback of the, uh, the events of Far From Home, where everyone knows his identity now and all that. Um, but then something along the way kind of like, you know, triggers him and says like, wait a minute, some things aren't right. Or... Doctor Strange comes to him and said, we need to have a talk, um, you know, because there's something amiss. And maybe they already find themselves in a rift, in a time rift. Or, you know, the J. Jonah Jameson that we see that is blowing up, you know, the internet and the media about Peter Parker's identity. Maybe he doesn't belong in that universe. You know, maybe somehow he popped out of nowhere. Um, who knows? You know, like, I, if, I think it would have been kind of cool if... They just found themselves in a predicament and something happened. And now it's up to Strange and Peter Parker to kind of find out what's happening and then try to find a way to kind of correct things, right? Or corral things, so to speak. But if it is what it is, it is what it is, right? You know, and it's fine. I'll be, I'll be fine with it. I'm just, my own personal thinking is just, eh, come on. You know, would Doctor Strange really do that for Peter? You know, like knowing that... This could possibly be a problem, you know, like is is he, you know, in the right to kind of use this spell that would affect all of humanity's memories to kind of alter them, you know? It's not like in Men in Black where you have a device and you have a group of people in front of you like boop and then, you know, oh, they can't remember the last 10 minutes or what have you, you know, you're asking people to forget like globally this big revelation right and i don't know it, it just feels kind of funky and of course because of that the other speculation that was going around was that is this really the doctor strange that we know you know could peter have gone and maybe the rift has already started and he's talking to a completely different doctor strange from another multiverse from another universe you know like and just, again i get a kick out of watching all these speculations it's really funny um, and let's see what happens, you know, and I'm sure we, we haven't heard the end of it yet. Um, I don't, this, they're calling this a teaser trailer. So we're going to get another full blown trailer before the movie comes out. So let's see what else they'll, they will reveal, um, to us. I hope they don't reveal too much because again, it's been well documented that they've, 
you know, they tend to reveal a bit too much and all that kind of stuff like that. You know, we've heard the laughter of, you know, the Green Goblin. We don't know if that's William Dafoe. It sure sounds like it. Will we see him on the screen or will we see another Spider-Man on the screen? I don't know. But, you know, I'm sure stay tuned. We are going to see another trailer and let's see what else they reveal, you know, but let's be patient. Let's let's take it in how we how they give it to us and let's just accept the fact that regardless this is going to be a great movie right how great is it going to be though that's the next question and i love playing this game about box office right because you know in case you've been living in iraq you know for the last year and a half or you are from mars and you just decide to come visit us on earth you know we are still in the middle of a pandemic right so box office throughout the summer has been a lot of up and down mostly down for the most part especially now that we have the delta variant causing ruckus out there um so be sure you guys are keeping safe out there um so it'll be interesting to see with such a well-known character that tons and tons of people globally love um how is this gonna fare in the box office you know sony made it very adamant that they're not going to be doing a day and date stream um, with theater and streaming at the same time. Um, I don't know if they're going to be adhering to the 45 day window that a lot of studios are now starting to adapt, uh, you know, when it comes to their new releases. Um, but this for now is going to be strictly theater only, right? So let's take a look at some numbers, you know, let's look at some, you know, current numbers that we have been seeing for the summer. But first let's go back to the, the last Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Far From Home. Now, again, this is 2019. This is before the pandemic and all that. Um, you know, domestically here in the U.S., opening weekend, it pulled in $92.5 million, which is phenomenal, right? Um, you know, the overall domestic box, box office came in at $390 million. Um, internationally, it made $740 million. So again, prove me wrong whether or not it's true that Spider-Man is globally well-known and loved. So the overall worldwide box office is $1.1 billion, right? So tremendous numbers there. Um, now, fast forward to this recent summer that we, we are experiencing. Let's go back to the last Marvel movie that finally came out in the summer, and that was Black Widow. Again, this is still pandemic. But this was also pre-Delta. This is before Delta has been like causing, you know, the huge mess that it's causing out there. So domestic opening, um, the opening weekend, it was $80, $80 million, which for pandemic releases was huge. I believe it pretty much broke the record for the highest, you know, grossing movie. Uh, during a pandemic release, right? Um, the overall domestic number uh, came out to be around 181.5 million. Internationally, it did 188.4 million, rounding it out the total worldwide box office. And, you know, it's still out there. So it's still, you know, earning some money, but obviously not at the rate it was when it first came out. $369 million, you know, almost 370 because it's like, not, you know, nine and change after that. So really decent numbers, right? Now let's look at the next leading box office from the summer, and that's F9, you know, Fast and Furious 9. So Fast and Furious 9, again, this is pre-Delta. Um, opening weekend uh, box office domestically was $70 million. The overall domestic was $172 million. International was $531 million. So worldwide overall, $704 million dollars so really great numbers there then concerns of delta start coming in and a lot of the releases that would come out weekend numbers can drop to like you know 20 million 15 million 10 million i believe reminiscence opened up at five million dollars or, or or a little bit up, uh, above that the one exception to that rule was free guy free guy which was released in august um, so already Delta concerns are running rampant and all that. But however, for the opening weekend, it was able to pull in $28.3 million. So the overall domestic box office so far is $79.3 million. 
internationally 100.3 so right now it currently stands at 179.6 million dollars which is great for this type of movie you know which doesn't tie to a huge IP like a Marvel character DC character Star Wars character what have you right so those are the kind of numbers that we're seeing now now keep in mind this movie Spider-Man No Way Home uh, or you know gotta go home can't stay here whatever you want to call it um, it's coming out in December we don't know what's gonna happen between now and then when it comes to Corona you know COVID Delta and all that kind of stuff like that so judging about you know around these numbers I do feel like the majority of the box office numbers will come from international audiences so let's guess you know where is this movie gonna come in right because again I love playing this game it's a lot of fun um, based on the numbers we saw with Black Widow Fast 9 Free Guy my guess domestically opening weekend for spider-man and you can you know we'll go we'll go back to this and see how far off i am i think spider-man far from home in december and again this is also close to a holiday too so maybe if things ease up a lot of families will be comfortable in going out there and what have you black widow also should be mentioned black widow was available on disney plus for an additional $30, you could watch Disney Plus at home streaming at the same time it was released in theaters, hence why Scarlett Johansson is fighting with Disney because where's my money, right? You know, and all the power to her. She deserves what she, she needs to get. This theater-only release exclusive, I think, domestically opening weekend, and I'm this is just domestic, I think Spider-Man No Way Home is going to come in at $110 million. That is my guess. That is my guess. Let's see how far off I am. Let's see how far, far off I am. Now, if you combine domestic and international, I think Spider-Man No Way Home has the ability to pull in $300 million opening weekend. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. Well, let's assume let's assume that it opens up at the same time globally, right? So, like I said, my my prediction will be domestically it will pull in 110 million opening weekend, add an additional probably 200 million, so roughly above 300 million opening weekend worldwide. And those are my predictions. Let's see what happens. Let's see if it comes true. Um, always a lot of fun. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comments. You know, what your predictions are. Um, be interesting to see, um, you know, if you think I'm crazy or not. You know, because it wouldn't be the first time I heard that. Um, but why did we get this trailer on Monday? So, uh, another thing that happened this past week. And it's one of those things where being the huge movie fan that I am, I've always wished I can attend something like this. And it's CinemaCon. So for those of you who don't know what CinemaCon is, CinemaCon is a trade convention uh, for theater owners. Um, it's for, you know, those, not only the, like the AMCs, the, you know, the Regals, but also your mom and pop, you know, um, theater owners and all that all across the country. And, they have a one-week convention in Las Vegas um, that happens every year. Last year, they didn't have one because of uh, COVID, um, but they had one late this year, and then they're going to have, um, they're going to go back, I believe, to their regular schedule next year, which is sometime in April or what have you. But it's a chance for all the studios to promote all of their movies coming out for the year because just like anything else, you have, theater owners have to contract with these studios to carry their movies uh, in their theaters, right? And there, of course, there's press and media there as well, and critics, some critics or what have you, attend too. Um, so Sony's presentation was on Monday, and that's why 
Um, everything kind of blew up, and the minute they showed the Survivor Spider-Man trailer, um, literally shortly after, that's when they finally released it online, and that's how things went crazy, you know. But what really, really, what was what was something that I really found very interesting was, you know, everyone, and I mean everyone, was talking about the Spider-Man trailer, but nobody was talking about the fact that there were people there at the Sony presentation who had a chance to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife. And when I found that out, I lost my mind and I got super jealous. Super, super jealous. Um, the way it played out from what I hear, Ivan Reitman came up on stage in person um, and he brought up his son, Jason Reitman, and they're talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife and what have you. And then basically, you know, they were like, you know, and I, I, I beg you guys to please not spoil anything about this movie, especially the ending, because we really want to surprise people out there. Because sit back and relax, Ghostbusters Afterlife. And they showed the entire movie to everyone and in attendance. And my God, uh, I could only imagine what people were going through when they heard about that. And, you know... Ghostbusters is a movie and franchise I hold very dear to my heart. Ever since I was a kid, I saw it in the movie theater. The original Ghostbusters, I saw it when it came out in 1984 in the movie theater. This shirt is a collaboration with Nas and the Ghostbusters franchise. Uh, you know, history is the clothing line. 84 is on the back. You know, 84 was a great year for movies. And it what it is the year that gave us Ghostbusters, you know, and... The early word is that it is a movie that does not disappoint, you know, which I find uh, relieving, especially with the last Ghostbusters outing that we got, which is no fault to the actresses. I blame the writing and directing for creating a really poor, poor production there. But what I hear is that there's enough nostalgia and throwbacks that keep the diehard fans like myself and like many of you out there very pleased and very satisfied but they've added enough so that the newer generation can really appreciate it and i believe that has a lot to do with the kids that they cast you know um that's why it kind of has like that stranger things vibe to it um you know uh so really good positive news coming out of that of course nobody is spoiling anything you know, because they promised they weren't going to talk about it. You know, just had some like quick reactions. You know, just like, oh my God, it's amazing. I had a lot of fun. It's a fun movie. It, you know, the nostalgia part, the stuff for the new generation. So, you know, everyone's doing their part not to spoil anything. And of course, I'm doing my part not to look at anything that could be spoiler filled. But I can't wait for this movie. Uh, it's going to be coming out, I believe, in November. Uh, so definitely looking forward to that. Some of the things I heard coming out of CinemaCon was um, during the Paramount uh, presentation, they got a good look at the opening of Top Gun 2, which talk about nostalgia. I heard it's filled with nostalgia, you know, when it like the soundtrack, the feel, um, you know, just a... Uh, the crazy action that starts off from the very beginning you know obviously we saw it in the trailer they do have a volleyball scene which is great and it's been confirmed two things have been confirmed and again this could be a spoiler if you don't want it you know the movie to be ruined for you but this was a lot of you know a lot of rumors and speculation going on but it has been confirmed one Val Kilmer is in the movie and he is like Maverick he is way promoted you know and i'm so happy for him for that um especially after watching the val documentary on uh amazon um you know really happy to hear that and of course you you know it again ties things to the original movie and it's been confirmed and this was the biggest speculation of them all at least in my eyes miles teller the character that he plays is goose's son and i mean he has the mustache we saw it. you see it in the trailer he looks like a spitting image of his dad um so really happy to hear it and i heard that there's this amazing um one-on-one -on -one between uh miles and tom cruise uh maverick 
um, that really hits you in the feels, especially when it comes to his dad. So really, really good stuff. So I'm really excited about that. And then keeping on with the Tom Cruise train, Mission Impossible, the next one looks to be batshit crazy as far as stunts are concerned. And it seems like every movie they keep upping the ante when it comes to stunts, especially stunts involving Tom Cruise. Now, there was already released online this extreme in-depth training regimen that Tom Cruise went, you know, went through. When for like a whole year, he was learning how to ride a motorcycle, like off-road motocross style, jumping over hills and all that kind of stuff. And then just to film this one stunt where he apparently rides this bike over a mountain or a hill or what have you. It sounds like a mountain over a giant mountain. Let's go and then parachutes off the bike, you know, and this is all Tom Cruise doing this, by the way. The guy is bananas, you know, but you got to give him credit. He wants to keep things authentic and he's willing to put his life on the line, you know, praying to the science, you know, scientist gods out there, whatever he believes in, um, that his life will be intact and, and kept safe. Um, but he just keeps upping the ante. And then it was mentioned that this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the stunts in this movie, but just wait to see what they have planned for the movie even after that. The movie is not even out yet and they already have plans for crazy, crazy stunts going on into the following Mission Impossible. So really excited to hear that. And then lastly, Dune. Dune seems to be the movie that a lot of people are really waiting for. Um, you know, all we hear are just good things coming out of Warner Brothers. Now they had their presentation at CinemaCon and again, from what I've heard, what was shown, behind the scenes stuff, additional footage, it looks phenomenal. And I think a lot of people are really hankering and then like waiting to see what's going to happen with this movie. You know, Denis Villeneuve is already talking about how he, you know, he has a trilogy in mind. You know, it's already been reported that the sequel will heavily feature Zendaya in it. Um, but funny thing about Warner Brothers, I heard uh, the Warner Brothers reception was a little bit mixed too, because if you follow movie news um, long enough, you know, it was Warner Brothers who decided to do the whole, you know, theater and home streaming release on the same day at the same time, which kind of threw off a lot of the theater owners uh, for a loop there. And it's obvious that it has been, you know, it has affected box office results and numbers and what have you you know like i mentioned even earlier in this in the, the show where you know black widow could have made a whole lot more money right if it was exclusive to theaters um you know movies like uh um anything that warner brothers put out there um they could have made a whole lot more money you know in the heights could have done a lot better suicide squad i mean suicide squad i believe pulled in like 35 million over the opening weekend and then dropped to like eight in in just one week or something like that um because people had access to watch it at home you know space jam 2 i mean i don't know what the reception would have been like that in the theater but you know like it, it has the, the data suggests that releasing a movie in the theater and at home for some not all um is not the right way to go Right. And it's already been stated that starting in 2022, uh, Warner Brothers, HBO Max, they're not going to be doing that same plan. Everything is going to be in theaters first. And I believe everyone is moving forward is going to follow the whole 45 day uh, release window um, before it can be available on the streaming platform. So, um, yeah, I heard that the, the theater owner reception uh, towards Warner Brothers when uh, their presentation started was not so nice. Um, so very interesting to hear about that. But yeah, so that's CinemaCon. So I'm hoping that, you know, guys, if you help me and you help this channel grow and, and get, you know, noticed out there, maybe in a year or two, I can attend CinemaCon too. And I could be reporting directly from there for you guys. So that would be a blast. So, you know, like I said, subscribe, like, spread the word, you know, follow, leave a good rating on the podcast platforms of your choice. Um, all will be greatly appreciated there. So um, now, again, those of you familiar with the channel and all that know I do 
reviews. You know, I do their own separate videos and what have you. But there was this one thing that I saw this past week that I really wanted to talk about here. And that is the new Bob Ross documentary that uh, released on Netflix. Um, it's uh, Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, uh, Betrayal and Greed. I believe that is the full title of it. Uh, but it is prominently featured there on Netflix. I heard about this documentary about a month ago. Um, and you, like many of us here in the U.S., and I, and I know Joy of Painting was broadcast in international countries as well. I know it was huge in Japan and Mexico at one point. Um, but we grew up watching Bob Ross on PBS. You know, usually it was um, either... Uh, early in the morning or early in the afternoon, um, if I recall correctly, but it was in alignment with, you know, your Sesame Street, your Electric Company, your um, uh, Mr. Rogers and what have you. Um, but I watched Bob Ross since I was a kid, you know, but it was one of those things where I would watch it in the background. It would be on uh, because of his voice. It's so soothing, right? You know, the way he talks to the audience, the way he describes what he's painting. And, you know, and he's a phenomenal painter. You know, he paints these amazing landscapes in 30 minutes, you know, and he teaches you that and gives you the confidence that you can do it too. You know, um, anyone can do it as long as they have the love and passion for it. Um, but it's funny because for the longest time, we've known Bob Ross for what we saw on TV, you know, the, the dude with the, with the Afro, the hippie like guy who seems to be happy all the time, you know, has a soothing voice, um, and can paint phenomenal paintings in a very short period of time. But not a lot of us knew about his background or, uh, what's going on behind the scenes. And what I really loved about this documentary, it finally gave us that glimpse of what he was like behind the scenes or a little bit more background and history about it and boy you know when you look at the title of the documentary you know you think uh oh is this a scandalous piece where it's like they're going to reveal some nasty stuff that bob ross has done in his life where he you know maybe he was a swinger or you know maybe he swindled people out of money and all that but it's far it's not even that it's the people that he associated himself with that kind of done a lot of these crazy and bad things and Bob himself you know he was happy painting for people he was happy teaching people he had tons of workshops all across the country you know that had his name and it, it taught you know painting classes to people like you and I and we you would learn how to paint the Bob Ross way which again you learned about his technique of painting um, you know, and how it was an old technique from way back in, you know, uh, early days of, you know, when you go to the museum, you see a lot of these uh, more biblical and uh, paintings like from Italy and all that stuff like that. Um, that is be that is used. They painted that using the same techniques that Bob Ross used. Um, so it's not even a, a new technique that he invented. It was an existing technique that he just kind of made it his own. Um, which was very fascinating. You learn about his, um, the people that inspired him and, you know, the people he looked up to. Uh, you learn a lot about his son. His son is very prominent in the documentary and uh, the relationship that they had. Uh, if you remember, his son would be featured on the show too and he's also a phenomenal painter. Bob Ross always wanted to pass along the business to his son and have his son take over the show and all that. But what you do learn, which is very eye-opening to me, was that as he was filming these shows, he was going through a lot of different stuff in his personal life, depending on what season of the show you were in. You know, Bob Ross lost his wife uh, at a certain time. And during that season of the period where he lost his wife, you know, you could see he was a little bit melancholy. You know, he was trying to deal with, you know, the sadness and all that. And he was relying on the audience to, you know, hang in there with him. And he, you know, appreciated the audience. He appreciated all the letters. He addressed all the letters of well wishes from, you know, the fans. And, you know, he, you know, it kept him going and kept, you know, his painting continues to make him happy and, and entertaining the audience as well, you know, kept him going. Um, 
there was, um, and I'll get more in detail about this in a minute, you know, when he was having business troubles with the people that he partnered with, you know, how he was unhappy with how the business was being run, he would kind of, in the Bob Ross way, express his, uh, you know, unhappiness on, on the show. You know, but because it's Bob Ross as an audience, not knowing what's going on behind the scenes, we didn't really catch up on that. But there were certain things that he would say, certain certain things that he would hint on, um, you know, that would um, express his, you know, this, you know, his unhappiness about all that stuff. Um, and then later on in the series, um, he was battling cancer. You know, and he filmed multiple seasons while he was fighting cancer. Um, you know, and they were saying that because of certain materials that he used during his painting, that could have led to him getting the type of cancer that he got. You know, but the the most disheartening thing you learn from this documentary is how this man's life towards the end, while he was you know, resting in bed, dying from cancer, it became a huge legal battle that he had to deal with every day with the partners that he partnered with who were controlling the Bob Ross Inc., the, 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 the company, the corporation that ran the Bob Ross brand. And the battle primarily was over his name, you know, and, you know, you see now tons of products with Bob Ross's name and picture on it. You know, you have action figures, lunch boxes, you know, there's a Twitch channel on Twitch that 24-7 airs the Bob Ross uh, Joy of Painting show, you know, all seasons, right? And it's run by the Bob Ross company. But none of the proceeds, none of the revenue, none of that is going to the family. You know, his son is still alive, his son still paints, you know, but he he doesn't see one dime of that, you know, and it was Bob Ross's well wishes that once he passed away, that the name would be entrusted to his brother, who's still around, and his son. However, since his son was young at the time, the son was only getting 49% of ownership while the brother got, I believe, 51%. And guess what happened? His brother sold him out the owners of the company which is uh, a husband and wife um kept harpering and you know bothering the brother because they wanted to own the rights to the name they wanted the name and somehow they got him to sell off the, the rights his rights to the name which is the majority holding rights and so now they own complete control of the bob ross name and anything associated with Bob Ross, and they are profiting it, profiting from it. They still sell the paints, the brushes. Um, like I said, anything with the Bob Ross name is is going to them. And it was everything that was going against Bob Ross's wishes at the end. You know, the the wife that he was married to at the time um, doesn't see dime of it his son doesn't see a dime of it it sounds like the brother got a payout for those rights and then that's it you know so very very disheartening stuff and very very interesting once you really see it fleshed out in front of you you know and it, it's unfortunate that that is the ending legacy of bob ross you know where all he wanted to do was you know do something that he enjoyed and that was painting and entertaining people and bringing people along on his journey and his and his love for painting you know because that's really really what he wanted to do um so and and, and again and you you know there are a lot of like happy things too and a lot of other interesting things that you learn like for example the reason why he speaks the way he speaks it's so so interesting how he invented ASMR. He was the original inventor of ASMR because he said he knows his audience. His audience is primarily female. And these are people who maybe sometimes are shy and maybe they don't they don't they're not confident enough in themselves that they could paint. 
but he he talks to them in this very intimate way and you know this really pleasant way so that he could feel more closely to the audience and you know as you're you know doing your happy tree and this little happy bush here and you know you know maybe uh this little cloud that pops up on the corner over there you know i like clouds you know and uh all that kind of stuff he does that on purpose so that the audience can feel closer to him. You know, it was like a form of intimacy. Um, you know, just like you're flirting with a female, as he would tell people, you know, like you you want to make them feel comfortable and 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 trust you. Um, and it's so funny that that was his main reason for talking the way he talks on, on his broadcast, you know? So literally, this is a guy that invented ASMR. So all you ASMR people on your YouTubes and your Twitches, um, you all have Bob Ross to thank for that. And now it's this big thing that everyone is going crazy about, right? Um, but it's so fascinating, you know, and I, I, and also very disheartening with what, ha what went down behind the scenes and what is still happening now, because again, this couple is still alive they're still controlling the corporation and the name and they're profiting from all of it um and one thing that the documentary also states was that there's a bunch of other people who are close to bob ross who really wanted to talk about bob ross as a person and the struggles and challenges that he went through but they didn't want to do it in the documentary because they were fearful for getting sued by these two people who ran, who runs the Bob Ross uh, Corporation. Um, so it shows you that the type of fear that these two put into people who challenge their ownership of the Bob Ross name and all that. Um, so yeah, so I vow never to support the Bob Ross company anymore. Um, you know, I, I bought a Funko Pop, you know, uh, like in the last couple of years. Um, you know, I was, I, at times would watch the Twitch channel, you know, and all that because, you know, Joy of Painting is a fascinating show and still holds up today. Um, you know, but no more, no more. It's, it's really unfair and unfortunate. Um, and I don't know what's going to ha happen once, you know, the owners pass away, who's going to take over and all that stuff like that. The son tried to fight them in court and lost terribly. Um... So I, I highly recommend you check it out and you watch it, um, especially if you are like me and you grew up with him. You grew up with that program. You know about that program, you know. Um, and it, it, he was always one of those figures that I always wanted to learn more about, you know, like know more about his history, know more about his background, know what made, made him the way he is. And the, document, the documentary does a really good job at going into all that and diving into all that. So do check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be very popular for the next couple of weeks there. So, um, so before I wrap up the show for this week, guys, um, I have this uh, new segment that I'd like to bring into the mix here. And I kind of, you know, I'm a huge, if you couldn't tell from the crap behind me, I am a big collector. Um, I don't collect as much as I used to um, in uh, past years and all that. But, um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of you out there who love collectibles, whether they're Funko Pops or comic books or action figures or what have you. Um, so I'm going to highlight and feature uh, a collectible of the week. And this week, uh, it is going to be this uh, newly announced Nerf Aliens uh, gun, uh, which is... Uh, if you're a fan of the Alien franchise, especially uh, the second one, Aliens, the James Cameron movie, there, um, you got you were introduced to the the Colonel Marines, you know, with like you know Ripley Hicks, you know, um, and all that kind of stuff like that. And what was really made popular in that movie was the weaponry, right? So you have the M41A um, gun that is very prominent throughout the movie. So in, in honor of, um, I believe it's because they're doing this to kind of honor the anniversary of Aliens, um, they teamed up with 20th Century Studios um, and they are producing uh, this Nerf limited Aliens M41A blaster gun. And I think it is phenomenal. It's fantastic. I love the packaging in it. Um, it's a fun piece to have on your wall or to play around with and all that. Um, 
and it is available for pre-order on the Hasbro Pulse website. And if you're not familiar with Hasbro Pulse, um, they've been doing a really good job at producing a lot of unique and limited edition um, products, you know, whether it's Marvel action figures, uh, Transformer figures, um, you know, they, they team up with a lot of different properties and all that, a lot of exclusives, um, great Star Wars stuff. Um, so they, they're, they're coming out with a lot of these like interesting um, uh, products for properties under these IPs. And some of them are very limited. You know, you can only get from HasbroPulse.com. And the quality is also uh, have been upped a notch. Um, so, you know, they still produce toys that you could buy at your Target. Um, you know, Toys R Us is co now coming back uh, under Macy's here in the United States, but Toys R Us still exists in Canada and other countries. Um, so you could buy Hasbro products in those locations, you know, Walmarts and have you. But the stuff that they offer on this website is higher quality and it's like really more um details in the production and what have you so um i wanted to highlight this because again this is like very um a very unique uh, item and as if you're a fan like uh, of aliens like i am um i was floored when i saw this and you know i don't own a nerf gun but this might be the only nerf gun i would ever want to own you know if i'm to be completely honest but but yes it's being produced to celebrate the 35th anniversary of aliens uh the movie aliens can you believe it's been 35 years already jeez um stay tuned to the channel because um what i'm gonna start doing is that um for big anniversary films i'm gonna do probably uh watch longs there to kind of relive the moments from the movies um especially because some of these movies i haven't seen in a very long time and uh aliens i would love to do a rewatch of that so so yeah so if you're interested in picking one of these up um i will leave a link in the description of the video and of the podcast um so do check it out uh, again i am not getting paid for this it's not an affiliate link i'm just trying to spread the love here um but uh even if it was affiliated i hope you would still uh, click on that link and show your support. So that's about it, guys. I'm going to wrap things up now for this week. Um, the next episode that will uh, air will more than likely be during a time when I am going off on a little vacation to kind of close out the summer this year. Um, options are very limited, obviously, because of Delta, but I have this nice little getaway plan for myself. So it's going to be, obviously, this is pre-recorded too, but it's going to be a little bit it may not cover the news that breaks out uh, during the week, but uh, regardless, I'm still going to have something interesting to talk about. So again, guys, thank you for tuning in. Um, if you are interested in what else uh, I have to offer, uh, do check out the YouTube channel at Low Key Geek. Um, and as always, don't forget to show your support uh, for as little as zero dollars. You could just show your support by hitting that like subscribe if you haven't done so already already uh spread the word and uh on your podcast platform of choice be sure to follow uh leave a good rating and download the episodes because again that's going to help out a lot in the long run and it will help out in letting the platforms know that you're interested you're interested in programs like mine so until next time guys stay cool stay classy stay safe and i will catch you in the next episode peace